back. And here we are with the whole nine yards. Uh, but I was fishing with a pagoda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to do that one. Yeah. Uh, we just got to get Abe involved. It'll be, we'll have to get his people involved at this point. Yeah. His estate. Have our people call his people. Yeah. I got to put up there. That sounded like a pop filter? Yeah, just, um, it helps the, the pops. That's what it's, yeah. Turns right. out, yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, so, hey. Hey. Here's the thing where we have a show. Yeah. Umbrella Ray? It's a wordy umbrella. Yeah. We're gonna say uh, you know or you don't know. <laughs> Either you know something or perhaps you're not aware of something. You know it. Or you don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> that pretty much encompasses everything. It's true. We, Yeah. That is the whole universe. We're not writers. No. I don't know if anyone knows that. I mean, I give it a go here. And sure. Again. All right. I think it unfolds. They unfold as, and you'll, you'll, you know, our categories are always obscure. I feel like, but as we dive in, you, you learn what they are for real. I mean, sometimes it's hard. You know, food. Sure. It's easier just to say here. That's a food. This one's about food. Yeah. Let's just okay. Right. This one's about thinking on your feet. How about that? I mean, I'll take anything. All right. <laughs> <laughs> huh. uh, would you like to start us off? I'll start us off. Sure. Great. Yeah. How how can you think on your feet? Well, this one, I don't know where this one falls. This one is a word called muddle. All right. And I guess I do use the word muddle on occasion, but it's not maybe... Mm. I would use it to say muddle through something, I guess. Use it with two words. Right. Yeah. Muddle through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, now that I understand the whole ramification of using the word muddle... Muddle through is a curious expression. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, that's cool. But we'll get there. Yeah. So, uh, general definitions, a confused multitude of things. Uh, That says a lot. That's different. Yeah. Okay. And in formal terms, for a difficult situation, and I'm going to expand on that in a bit. All right. Yeah. This is a muddle, like you would say that? Well, I'll get to that. Okay, okay. I'll be waiting. Sorry, that sounded creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I Yeah, no, okay. I, I just heard um, some foreigner song. They have a song called I'll Be Waiting? I think they do. Oh, is it that one, I'll Be Waiting For You? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. Oh, good. Nice. Learning something you knew already. Good job, Ray. <laughs> huh. So, so muddle. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of uh, funny crossover points to this because sometimes somebody would come up with some discussion about an old-fashioned recipe for, you know, having the alcoholic beverage. An old-fashioned yeah. title of a beverage, yes, with whiskey. Yes, gotcha. and, and fruit. Yeah, okay, right. And you put the fruit in the bottom of the glass and then you what? Right, you, you muddle it. You muddle it, yeah. There's even a... A, a noun that's a device, right? Muddler. Called a muddler. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like something out of Batman. Yeah. But, the muddler. Yeah. Let me just let me just talk you through some other uses and definitions before I before I get into where this is from. Okay. Yes, it is uh to mix up to confuse, but also yes, 
to mash slightly for use in a cocktail, yes. Um, to dabble in mud. <laughs> okay. But that in it, that's like defining itself with itself, but we're... Right. To make turbid or muddy, once you have this muddle that you've made from multitude of things, mm-hmm. then you put it on something else and it now has become muddled. Muddled. Yeah. The thing I've muddled has muddled. I'm uh, yeah. Yeah. I muddled something and muddled something else with it. To think <laughs> and act in a confused, aimless way, well <laughs> So far so good. That's me every day. <laughs> uh but there's an other old definition which is curiously and coincidentally really basically meant you're drunk and stupefied drunk. So you could have your brain muddled uh, mm. with alcohol. Gotcha. Okay. But people apparently, because I found it a lot, used to say, he's muddled, you know? We don't say that now. No. But they did. And this device existed before the phrase, the muddler. <laughs> <laughs> the mudla. The mudla. Yeah. I uh before we said we used it to mean drunk or I don't I yeah yeah. That's okay. I mean, hey, you know. I don't know that. Interesting. Um but maybe maybe when I get back in the etymology which has some dates on it, ah, uh yes. that will tell us what happened when a little more closely. There there was a uh another strange very specific and and for a shorter time frame, or I guess in a in just in a niche usage, the British military uh, would say a bugger's muddle. Okay. And I don't know if you're familiar with the with our military term called foobar. I am familiar with that term. Yes. <laughs> okay. So if you are, it's basically the same. That. Okay. Bugger, and I, I looked into bugger to see like well, how does that fit in and i thought bugger hey you little bugger yeah i don't know what what but oh no uh <laughs> bugger and uh hold hold your ears if you're squeamish out uh, there people ooh. i mean the very first one to sodomize what? yeah to ruin wreck incapacitate thwart so that's why I said it's like foobar. So for the yeah. British military, a bugger's for it muddle. For to be buggered. Yeah. You see what I'm saying I there? do see what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that word came up in my research too. The it, first definition you oh. used for different things. Wow. I was just like, like wait, what? <laughs> That's crazy town. <laughs> but uh, yes, like, things, things are buggered. I see that. Yeah. There's an old German word that was also part of all this stuff that is... Uh, Kudel muddle. Huh. It's one big long kudel muddle. Yeah. Kudel muddle. That's what <laughs> I right. say for me. Um, which meant dirty linen, and and it was sort of say to somebody didn't wash their clothes well. It was kind of like uh, washing to wash your clothes superficially. You produced cuddle muddle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is funny. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Again, etymology. You know, it ha- there's a root uh, modern. And modelin, which is uh, modelin. No, no. Okay, I, I wasn't sure if that's what the two two D's and then E L E N. So modelin. Mm, mm-hmm. Yes. So so modelin, uh, but uh, basically, you know, going back to with those German roots, it mm-hmm. goes back further. But the point is, mm-hmm. you know, fifteen hundreds. It, its root was still basically destroy the clarity of okay. and 
And so this one is simple, but I, I came away with one takeaway to remember about this word mm-hmm. uh, to help me realize what I am saying and how else I could really use this instead. That is to say that the fundamental lesson for me is mud mm-hmm. isn't mud. It's dirt that's been muddled. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. And with that basic idea of it being yeah. the root of the definition, then it's more clear about how to use it. So that's a uh, muddle. So you muddle the waters. Yeah. With muddle. It's not muddy the waters then. Nice. Okay. I see yeah. I see what this is. I see what you're saying. Yeah, all those things. So it makes it, it make it's a simple one, but it has a fun little lesson for me in it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Muddle. Man, that's a that's a word for us, huh? Oh yeah, I struggle. <laughs> muddle. Oh, yeah, muddle. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, what do you have? Uh I am going to wing it. Oh. Which we use, I guess. I'm going to say improvise or play by ear, really. Which yeah. Is play by ear technically an idiom? Probably. I think, yeah. Yeah, it is. Okay. Uh, no, it is. You know what? Because I, I actually, it is because it's, it's directly related to what I'm saying right now. Yeah, it is. So uh, improvise or come up with something on the spot. Yeah. This is a, a rather new phrase. It came about uh, in the 1990s. No, it did After not. After the TV show Wings gained popularity. No way. Tim Daly, Tony Shalhoub, the other guy. You're lying right now. <laughs> uh, I am lying, yeah. Yeah. I went down a Wings rabbit hole, though. I gotta be honest. Um, there, there are. I've never seen it, but I remember oh, it being on. And yeah. there were lovers of that show. I, I just, I don't know what that is. It was like 90 to 97-ish, um, I think. That's a long run. Yeah. It was a good show. Tim Daly, Steven Weber, funny, you know, sitcoms, Tony Shalhoub, two brothers on another. <laughs> hey, you Shalhoub. Yeah. Um, I actually like went further on and like there's a web series as as you'd assume now. Not a web series, but like Tim Daly and his son do videos and there's a just a, a jokey one about them doing a Wings reunion show. I, you know, it was funny. It was funny. Sure. Anyway. If, if, yeah, if you were a watcher. Right. Uh, as you said, that's not the case. I'm misleading you. I I knew it. <laughs> um, it's direct. We're pretty straightforward. I'm gonna just kind of go about the way. So, Jay, are you familiar with uh, theaters, stage theaters, where you would see a play? Yeah, yeah or an orchestra, much whatever. Just the next guy. Any kind of a theater, like yeah, or if you're familiar with a stage, yeah, of a the- theatrical sense, uh, there are parts of the stage, right? As you yes. name anything, right? Um, there are legs or something for one. Because those I are the side leg thing. curtains yeah. of the legs, exactly. Um, if you have a proscenium stage, you have what's called the apron up front that kind of juts out. You know how there's some flat, flat front stages, and there's kind of the stages that have the nice little arc to the front. Right. That's an apron. Um, upstage is actually towards the back, towards where the scenery is. Which is confusing. Downstage is towards the audience, which is where we are, prospectively, in this, this discussion. 
uh, stage right for the audience would be on the left. It's where Snagglepuss <clears throat> is. Exactly. And then stage left would then be on the right. Also the Snagglepuss. Audience. Also Snagglepuss. Uh, the back behind the scenery of the stage, where, where the audience would not see, is called the crossover, where if actors have to, they exit on the stage left and they have to come back on stage right, they have a path to go, go back in the back. Uh, the sides of the stages, where the legs are, and what they do serve a purpose to is separate the, the stage from the what we know as the wings mm-hmm. of the stage. Yeah. So this uh, basically comes from the theater. Actors, perhaps understudies, perhaps maybe the show is whatever, just thrown on, or they don't know the lines, either way. Uh, folks in the wings of the stage would would feed you your lines on stage. <laughs> So the actors were, were playing it, you know, were winging it and also comes up playing it by ear, literally play by ear, you know. You listen and you repeat. Listen and repeat what they say. Um, yeah. I spent a long time trying to find out why we call the sides of the stage wings. I consulted an expert, I feel, or at least someone who knows more than I do. Uh, and no answer still. I, I kept digging and I, I kind of got to a place where I was like, I feel like this is something. <laughs> um the Latin word ala, A-L-A, mm-hmm. uh, means wing. And this word, ala, is the father of the word aisle. Oh. Right. I don't know, because if you were, you know, an ancient Roman watching the theater, you wouldn't refer to it as, uh, I don't know, you wouldn't refer to it as an aisle, right? So you wouldn't necessarily use the ala word. Am I thinking too much about this? I just see the stage as the as the as the center as the body, and then those two little pieces that stick out are it's like a bird. Totally, totally could be that. So if you look at it from overhead, sure. it's like a bird. I I wanted more from that. I don't. That's all. You might be oh, might be. I kept too. Hard. I think the closest that I could find was like, oh, well, the word aisle kind of has a wing uh, definition to it. I'm like, all right, that 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 could be it. <laughs> But I really, I wanted more than just that, than the birds on the side. Like, yeah, I don't know. It didn't satisfy me. So I offer that it perhaps stems from the Latin word ala, uh, which means wing, which we use uh, aisle now. You postulate. I postulate. The the word aisle doesn't mean, you know, we use words to mean different things in different places. So an aisle in America means like a, a hallway, right? With an A. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Sure. <laughs> Not an island or a small. Right. Right. Um, right. But in other countries, England, uh, it it does mean it can mean like room. You know, more than just a passageway that we would use it for. Am I making sense? Yeah. So but it's. You know, but it's still not the word wing. No, we call it aisling it, right? Right. That's that's what I kept coming back to, and I that's why I'm unsatisfied. I'm just I'm saying that maybe this is how it relates beyond the bird thing or the sides of something <laughs> being wings. <laughs> bird person. I was just unhappy with that. Is the answer? I I think it's I think it's the the it's just simple. Sure. Because we do it be. with with. Uh, you know, mansions and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, West Wing, East the wing. wing. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, right? Sure. Which would be sides of the right, the main body. No, I, I get it. I just I was I wanted to find a reason, and that's I didn't. But to wing it means to have someone feed you lines from off stage uh, for you to perform those lines, 
on stage. Yeah, play it by ear is is more startling to me because as musicians, as we are, mm-hmm. I always just thought it was a mu- musical thing. I just assumed if I learn right. to play something by listening to it, right, uh, I'm playing it by ear. Yes. Right? I agree with what you're saying. I found to come up with this as well. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I know. I was like, oh, hmm, right. They're playing by ear. I guess that's not even. <laughs> we're making it harder than it is. Yeah, get the legs off. Yeah. Oh, legs. So, all right then. Yeah. Uh, I've winged it. I hope Rebecca doesn't model up these commercials. Support Whole Nine Yards and make your life easier with Instacart. Online grocery shopping made simple. Instacart connects you with personal shoppers in your area to shop and deliver groceries from your favorite stores in a single order. Products you love from local stores, hand-selected based on your preferences. Many items may be delivered in as little as an hour. Instacart helps to save you money on your favorite items and recommends new products that you might also love. Instacart, the most convenient way to shop. Whole Nine Yards is sponsored by the Roberto Clemente Museum. Located in a restored engine house in Pittsburgh's revitalized Lawrenceville neighborhood, the Clemente Museum is a showcase of the largest exhibited collection of baseball artifacts, works of art, literature, photographs, and memorabilia related to Roberto Clemente and his life in baseball. Shop the store for clothing and other items featuring the iconic 21 logo and purchase tour tickets for the museum at clemenemuseum.com. Enter promo code W9Y21 for a 10% discount on hats and tees. That's clemenemuseum.com, promo code W9Y21. Whole Nine Yards is sponsored by Big Science Music. Big Science Music is a can and one show award-winning original music and sound boutique, providing scoring, sound design, radio, podcast, and audio post-production services for the advertising, film, and video industries. Big Science Music also offers ADR, casting, and project management. Big Science Music's reels, full capabilities, and more can be found at bigsciencemusic.com. That's bigsciencemusic.com. And we've returned. Hello, back. That's a joyful thing. Yeah. Um, and this is the quick, quick moment where we say, hey, please mail us or message us on the uh, Instagram and the Facebook and the Twitter. The social meds. Yeah. At Whole Nine Yards Pod or uh, Whole Nine Yards Podcast on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, and you'll find us there. You'll find us there. Send and us in like, your hearts. Oh, yeah, it's nice. Uh, send us good information or thoughts, ideas, even the occasional critique. Questions about mud. Yeah. And we're we're here. Yeah. Enjoying that. What's your next, uh, you know or you don't know, subject? What's my next I know or I don't know? Yes. I have down pat. Oh, so then you know. Down pat. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry, I stole the thunder. But no, it's good. So, yeah, you know, this one is simple, but also has um, a little little bit of uh, history. So let's uh, let's dive in there. So to say down pat, yeah. you know, you know, it means well memorized. Yeah, you you know it. 
you have you have that answer down pat. Yeah. We we would usually say something yeah. like that, right? You no. Know. Yep. Yeah. In looking into this, I I kept getting on my on my cursory dig in that involves uh, the interweb. Uh, you know, it the interweb keeps wanting to take you off course a little bit, and so stand pat is mm. what they want to talk to you about. I don't know why. I've heard that phrase. Yeah, you're gonna stand pat, mm-hmm. but this is different. Yeah, uh, stand, you know, because down pat ma- means, like we said, it's you know, uh, it. You, you, you know it. What's stand pat? You know, stand pat is more. These friends of ours in cyberspace seem to think it it relates to or came from poker. So once you're dealt a hand, you like the hand you mm-hmm. got dealt. Mm-hmm. You don't want more cards. Yeah, you're standing pat. And there's uh, some etymology to explain a lot of that, but that's not my phrase. No, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Steer this back on course. Yeah, and 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 that we will. The other thing, I don't, I don't know. We know this, right? But why, why is it a pat of butter? Why pat of butter? There's nothing know. to do with tapping that butter. People say pad of butter too. Well, that's incorrect. No, I know. I'm just saying. I was bringing it up. <laughs> um, so to help people. No, yeah. So f- you, you really want Pat? And I, I understand if you're hearing that wrong or time, you know, telephone games it into Pat. Right. Uh, but 1400s Pat. Oh man. Blow stroke. Um, okay. You know, sure. a, a light tap with the hand. It it evolves through there to you know takes out the heavy part and it gets lighter as time goes on uh so it's a it's a lighter uh connection pat on the back Mm -hmm. so to speak however one of these old books i have here and i i have my eye on a few more to buy for us nice says this and this is good this makes it all correct um in the 1500s, I didn't write down the exact date. Okay. Thusly, aptly, perfectly, Pat is saying Pat. Oh. Aptly, perfectly, thusly. 1500s definition. Here it is. Yeah. Okay. And also down. You know, we always think we are so cool. <laughs> Generally. Right? Well, like, we are the first generation to ever say or think this. Yeah, we don't, yeah, we don't study our history. We don't. Because uh, I have 18th century examples of people basically using down the way we use it within their world. Mm-hmm. I'm down with that, yeah. how we would say. Right. We think that is so new. <laughs> it is not new. So. <laughs> It is not new. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. People were down in the 1700s in England. You down? Yes. Oh, I'm down. Yeah. And so... Is thou down? <laughs> and, there were, and there were phrases such as, uh, down as a nail. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a one we got to bring back. We really should. That's coming back. So, <laughs> we'll ask our listeners to help to bring propagate it, it guys. A thing we're, we're like all, that. We're all saying, we're down like nails. We're down... As a nail. So, <laughs> now there's no a specific exact traceable etymology mm-hmm. for who put them together. Sure. But Down Pat uh, found its way together 
and I had, you know, examples in uh, numerous newspapers, 1800s, of it being used and meaning how we mean it, you know. I'm aptly It's wrote in. perfectly known, memorized, all those sorts of uh, things, you know, uses down yeah. pat. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Nice. And that yeah, is that, that down pat. <laughs> you got down pat. Yeah. Sweet. What well, have you? Since you went down pat, I'm going to bone up. Oh. All right, then. <laughs> um, and when I would say the word bone up, or you would say it, might might even use it for, for pre, pre-show records. I need to bone up on my research. Oh, yeah. Right? Gotcha. I need to to bone up on that. I need to review that. I need to practice that. Perhaps I need to hone that. Yes. You could say I need to, you know, bone up my my saxophone playing. Sure. Practice. Yeah. So practice, hone, polish even. Polish, I'll accept. Yeah. Um, you know, and this one is also kind of similar or kind of uh, simple. It's uh like when you're working really hard. And you, you're grabbing something with your hands, and your hands and your knuckle bones are all poking out and white and whatever. You know, you're, you're boning up on something. Are you kidding me? I am kidding you, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a slightly less comical explanation is a theory that basically relates it to um, people would use bones to clean leather or polish things, polish leather for wearing back in the times when we did those things by hand. Or yeah. still do. Um, so they're, they're trying to relate it to using the bones to polish. So to bone up would be to polish up something. Um, that's a theory. That's, that's not a lie. I'm not lying to you on that one. No, isn't refined sugar still polished with, with bones? Am I crazy? I have no idea. They, what? Yeah, but go on. I'm not, I (laughs) I don't know. I didn't bone up on that research. That's just something I think I I didn't come across that in my, in my, uh, in my boning. Yeah, you know. Um, the, the phrase is, is officially origins unknown. That is one of the origins that is postulated. There is, again, what I would say, compelling information that would point elsewhere. Uh, but it all starts, let's say, possibly, in the late 1700s. A, a Victorian bookseller named Henry George Bone. Oh. A publisher and founder of Bone Libraries. Is it Bone No, it's Bone. Like, it's B-O-H-N. B-O-H-N, I should say. Okay. Not B-O-N-E. I gotcha. Yeah. Uh, opening bone libraries uh, starting in 1846. And these libraries targeted the public, the mass markets, uh, and had translations of standard texts, of, of science books, of history books, of, you know, basically just libraries. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And people would go to these libraries to do the research, things like that. Uh, the Dictionary of Slang, Jargon, and Cant from 1859 has a definition of the word bone, B-O-H-N, as saying, yep, bone, uh, the name of a well-known London publisher, sure, got that guy, who issued a series of translations of the classics, uh, the use of these becoming very common in the States. A bone was generally adapted as a name for a translation. So after the libraries open, um, the books, the texts of these translations would be sometimes referred to as bones, B-O-H-N. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things we do like that with, you know, you just start calling it the thing. Right. I mean, that's what, right, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Under the definition of the word bone, 
it specifically relates it to the military, um, American cadets, to study hard, possibly a playful allusion to the more universal slang of the verb meaning to bone, uh, the meaning to convey the ideal of acquiring knowledge by force. It, it seems like this it really does kind of prop out of West Point, like the phrase is kicked around West Point early in the eight, late in the 1800s, middle 1800s, um, a lot, but it, it pops up other places, but it seems like folks want to relate it back to a military phrase, even though this library is not specifically there. I'm not sure if I'm going with the military route specifically. All right. The first, the, the first known citation of the, the bone up phrase as we use it today specifically, um, which I guess it's kind of always meant that if it's, if it is from this library. 1887, Elizabeth Custer, who is the wife of General George Custer. Yeah. She says, I have known the general to bone up, as his West Point phrase expressed it, on the smallest details of some question at issue. So she's saying, bone up is a phrase that Custer used as a result of his days at West Point. So there, there is history to it being military related, but I think it's, it's broader than that. Um, Do we still spell it with an H? Well, it's <laughs> that, one, that quote is the B-O-N-E. In 1887. Hmm. At least the quote that I saw. Perhaps it was spelled, you know, they might have changed the spelling. I don't think they would have done that. So to kind of relate it more into the the West Point military idea, and this is 1859. So we're we're, we're bouncing around the 1850s still. They have a definition of B-O-N-E now. So even though the dude's name is B-O-H-N and he's contemporary, we're going to change it to B-O-N-E. But we're we're in the states. We are in the states. Yeah, yeah West Point. We're at West Point, um, which is a military base. Yeah, in uh, New York, right? I don't know yeah. where it is, but I know it's in the states. Yeah, it's in New York State. So I just want to clarify that for all yes. our listeners. Yeah, eighteen fifty nine. There's a note in the scrapbook, I guess. Much study. You call it boning. It's quite weary to the flesh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, it comes up like that all the time. Eighteen sixty two. Dictionary of Americanisms. Not unfrequently. I took the liberty to suggest to him that if he did not leave poetry and bone math more than he was doing, we should be deprived here long of his excellent society. But he's talking about, you know, focusing more on math. And then more things around the military. 1885, uh, there's some more. What we desire is that each one of us will bone in sympathetically, financially, and intellectually and make not only a reputation for scholarship, but also for energy and activity in student matters. So bone in is but, not. Sorry, what's up? This is B O H N. Sorry, what's up? But the, he was he was meaning bone up, but he's but it's but at this point it's bone in. It, it's like more and more of these late eighteen hundreds, like they 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 they're playing with it and they get to. They, I think so because they don't yeah. mean studying no. obviously, but that's what the corresponding even the bohn like we're still using bohn ing um in these ones like boning for marks and boned out after the strain of examinations and we've labored (laughs) (laughs) we've labored toiled and boned you know i mean these are quotes from the 1800s yeah just of this and it again i'm i'm making the argument that it might not be west point origins but there's evidence that it shows up in print there, so it's hard to hard to discount that. But I'm trying. No, yeah. <laughs> the the thing that threw me, I guess, was the stuff in the military doesn't the the quotes that I read don't pop up with more than math or science math books, which wouldn't really be you know a bone translation, 
you know? Why? Because you don't have to translate math. It's math. That's not like you're you're not you know translating a, a classic Greek literature into American into English that the students would say I need to go get a bone of that book. You know what I mean? So it feels like they, it was heard in libraries and then Pat. But this is just me. I'm not saying that's the real reason. Oh yeah. Um, I it just it just it didn't feel right. That's all. Yeah, but I mean it's right there. It's yeah. I mean I think that this this gentleman's libraries are the progeny, and then where it originated was probably in libraries, in you know places of learning, and then we've got quotes from West Point because it was it was a you know it sure a, it was a place of learning. Um, but yeah, I didn't know what to expect with that one. I didn't I didn't expect a guy uh, named Bone. Though. No, no one saw that coming. No one saw that coming. <laughs> <laughs> but that's enlightening. I boned up, and I wanted to get more quotes and more quotes, and I kept looking, and I felt like I kept muddling my waters. Ah. Um, but essentially, a man named uh, Henry Bone opened up some libraries and translated some texts, and we we went to those places and boned up on some literature. I and think you did well. It doesn't sound like you winged it at all. <laughs> Excellent. All right. So, having said that, that's our you know it all, don't know it yeah. episode. <laughs> that's that's what it is. You know it or you don't. And now, hopefully, you know it. Here's Wink Martindale. <laughs> uh, yes. And that is all there is to it. Everything yep. is wonderful. Yeah. Please be safe and great. Enjoy the times. And we'll talk to you soon. I'm Jay. And I'm Ray. And we're not idioms. The same thing. Yeah, we went low. Yeah. Yeah. Whole Nine Yards is written, recorded, and produced by Big Science Pods. Learn more at whole9yards.org or contact Whole Nine Yards by emailing heyyou at whole9yards.org. That's heyyou at whole9yards.org. Whole Nine Yards theme music composed by Big Science Music.